I want to talk to you today about one of the most controversial subjects that there is in the church today. How many of you know that, that uh, you can always tell how important something is by the amount of controversy that surrounds it? Amen? And I mean, the devil hates the Word of God. And he hates uh, the anointing. He hates the revelation of the Word of God. The de- do you know the devil does not care if you have a Bible? He don't care. Do you know the devil don't care if you come to church? He don't care if you get baptized. He don't care what you. He don't care if you're on the praise and worship team. He don't care. What he cares about is when you get a revelation of the Word of God that's going to mess him up. Amen? And he don't like it when we begin to have a relationship with God that, that will change us. Amen? We Listen, we sung it today. We are more than conquerors. We are more than overcomers. We, we are the blessed children of God. And, and, you know, as, as a father, uh, as a grandfather, I can tell you that, that if one of my grandchildren, or even now, our, our, grand, our children are grown and they have families of their own, I can tell you that, that even now, I would die for my children. I mean, I would fight a, a, a lion for my children, and especially my grandchildren. Amen. How many of you know the grandchildren are called grand for a reason? <laughs> I put a picture of my son, my grandson, uh, our grandson, our uh, second born uh, grandson. I put a picture of him on Facebook one day and I said, this is the reason that I did not kill his father all those times I wanted to. <laughs> Because he, he's the, the firstborn, and I'm telling you, he, whoo, he's now a police officer. And now he has to deal with, <laughs> what, anyway. <laughs> In Acts chapter 1, I want to share with you some things, and, and I'm, I'm going to try to focus and not chase uh, too many things here, but I want to focus on this. Um, I want to talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't just do things for no reason. Amen? There's a purpose. There's a reason uh, that He does things in in our lives. And and so it's important that it it was very important to Jesus that that we were baptized, we understood that we should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and there's so much that I could say. I've got a whole book on, on the Holy Spirit that I, I wrote, the, the ways of the Spirit, the operation, the, the, the things, that, how He operates in our lives. And, and uh, you know, I, I wish it's over 100 pages and I could just share the whole thing with you if I could. But I'm telling you, the working of the Holy Spirit in the the life of the believer is so powerful and so deep 
that, that uh, we could never fully grasp all of it. So, you know, the Holy Spirit, he is the creative power or the creative life-giving power of God that is active in the life of believers. He is, listen to that again, he is the, the creative life-giving power of God that is active, did you hear that word? He is active in the life of, of the believer. You know, we're not, we don't get saved and get the Holy Spirit. We don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit and get the Spirit and just sit down and do nothing. The Holy Spirit is aggressive. He is aggressive. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. So, but why do we need the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you one reason that sums it up. I could give you a, a lot of reasons, and I'm going to share three of them with you today. But I'm going to give you one reason if I, I, I could just close the sermon right now. The reason we need the Holy Spirit is because Jesus said we need the Holy Spirit. I don't need any other reason. If Jesus has promised it to me, I want it. Amen? I may not understand all of it, but I can tell you, if he said that I need it, then I want it. Uh, praying in the Spirit. Anytime in the Bible that you see in the New Testament where it says that pray in the Spirit or praying in the Spirit, that is always talking about praying in tongues. Amen? Can I tell you from my experience, I've been, I've been doing missions work. I pastored for 31 years, and even while I was pastoring, I would do missions work. The first mission trip that I went to was in 1986. It was in the Central American country of Guatemala, and, and I've been throughout Latin America and South America. I've been to Europe, uh, and, and I've been to the continent of Africa 20 times. And, and I can tell you from my own experience that everybody in the world speaks tongues in tongues in Alabama tongues. How do I know that? Because the first time I ever heard anybody speak in tongues, it was in Alabama. And everywhere I've ever been, tongues sound the same. It sounds the same in Swahili as it does in Lua, Luya, or however how you pronounce it, or, or uh, Kalijan, or, or Maasai, or, or uh, German, or uh, Brazilian, Portuguese, anything. Tongues sound the same. Only God could do that. There's not a secret handbook that we have that says, this is how you pray in tongues, but don't tell anybody about this book. Only God could do that. And, and, and I'm telling you, that, that is a, a miracle right there in and of itself. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? I'm going to share with you three things, and I, I, I'm going to try to hurry, I promise, because I really want to minister at the end of the service. But uh, number one, he, he's, we're commanded to. In Acts chapter 1 and verses 4 and 5, it says this, and I'm reading from the New, New King James Version. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them. He commanded them 
not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The, the number one thing that I want to point out in this verse is that we are commanded to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just suggest it. Jesus didn't say it might be a good idea if you do this. Jesus didn't say, you know, I'm going to suggest that you do this. You don't have to, but I'm going to suggest that you do it. No, it says that he commanded them to do it. I've talked to a lot of people who've been in the military. Maybe some of you have been in the military. But, but I'm telling you, in the military, when you get a command to do something, you don't look back at the one who gave you the command and say, well, I'll think about it. Right? In, in school, on your job, if your, your teacher or your, your uh, employer says, this is, this is a command, you have to do this, you don't look at them and say, I'll do it when I decide to do it. When you are given a command, you are expected to do that. Whatever the command is, you are expected to fulfill what you have been commanded to do. And, and so we, we look at that because it's commanded of us to be, uh, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't start your going to all the world yet. Don't start your, the ministry yet. Don't start the Great Commission yet. Don't do anything. Stay in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. And they looked at each other and they said, what is the promise? Because they don't know what the promise is, but they obeyed what Jesus said. They went to the upper room and stayed in that upper room for 10 days praying, not knowing what this, the, the, the promise was going to be. But on the day of Pentecost, the promise came. On the day of Pentecost, they came. And nobody had to tell them. There wasn't a, a courier who came to the door before the Holy Spirit fell and said, the, here, the Holy Spirit is about to be here. This is the promise. Nobody had to tell them that that was the promise. They knew it when they received it. So we're commanded. The second thing is, is that, that we receive the power after we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We receive power. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let me, let me say this. That, the power to witness is, is a wonderful thing. The Lord will give you the opportunity to witness, but he will give you the power to do it. Okay, But it's not just power to witness. All right, He's given us power to overcome the devil. The Bible says that we have an adversary who goes about. It doesn't say he is a lion. It says that he goes about as a roaring lion. In other words, he makes a lot of noise. Amen? I, I have read, I've been told that, that you can, when a lion, when a, a full-grown lion roars at its greatest uh, peak, that you can hear it for five miles. You may know more about that than me, but, but I'm telling you, that, that's, that's incredible to me. 
One time in, in 2007, I was in the Serengeti in, in uh, Tanzania. We took a, a couple of days to, to go through there, and we, we saw a lion over there, and he was eating the latest catch of the day. And, uh, and I had my video, and I'm, you know, my video camera, and I'm videoing this, and all he's doing is just over there eating, you know. And so I turned my video camera off, and I put it down. And as soon as I laid it down, that lion growled, and my window was down, and he growled. I mean, he just, and, and it shook the car, and I was rolling that window up. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be the next catch of the day. And, you know, I, it just it literally vibrated in us, in that car. And, and, and he, the devil goes about making a lot of noise, but he's not a lion. He's a counterfeit. He's a copier. There's only one lion, and that's a lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen? And he lives in us, and he's greater in us than any uh, devil that we could ever face. And so then in Luke chapter 1, Jesus sent people out. And this is what he told them. He said, I'm sending you out with power and authority. Amen? Power and authority. And what did he say? He said, cleanse the leper, heal the sick, raise the dead. You know, how can you do that? You can do it with the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen? I want to tell you something. When, when, we, uh, when we get authority, the devil can't stand it. In, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, this, this is what it says. It says, behold, I give you authority. Everybody say authority over all the, over to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It didn't say most of the power. It said all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Let me, let me just give you an illustration. My son, the, 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 uh, the firstborn. He, he, I told you he's a police officer. He's, he's a big man. He's a lot bigger than his father. He, he's just a big guy. And he's strong. He, in uh, pounds, he can bench press over 400 pounds. That's what, 200 kg, something like that? So he, he's a strong, a big arm. Big guy. You know what? I have every muscle that he has. I have every muscle in my body that he has. <laughs> I can't, I can't, if 400 pounds was on me, I would be crying like a baby. <laughs> but he can push it up. He, he's a police officer. Sometimes the, when he, he has to stop traffic and if it's a big lorry or a small car he can't stop it. Even though he's big and strong he's not so powerful that he can stop those vehicles on his own. But he has a badge on his shoulder right here that says that he represents the state of Alabama. And that if I put my hand up like this, you have to stop. 
You have to stop your vehicle because he doesn't have the power to stop it, but he's got the authority to stop it. And authority is greater than power. And the devil may have power, but he does not have authority. But guess who does have authority? You do. You do. Jesus had authority, and the difference between us and Jesus, Jesus exercised his authority. He used his authority where most Christians are not using the authority that they've been given. Amen? So when we are given power by the Holy Spirit, it includes authority. And let me, let me finish this section by saying this. We, we, you receive your power in the encounter with the Holy Spirit. Amen? But you receive the authority at the commission. We all have a commission. And that commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. And all the world starts right outside these doors. Amen? You may not ever get on an airplane and travel to a foreign country, but you can be a preacher of the gospel in your home, in your, on your job, in your, your neighborhood where you live. You have a commission to do the work of God, and you've got the power available to you to operate and do that. Amen? Number uh, three, he will help you in prayer. He will help you in prayer. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26... Uh, I want to share with you something because you, you'll get you when you be, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful thing because you you get help in prayer. Amen. It says this in Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Have you ever been praying about something and needed to pray or needed to pray about something and you just did not know how to pray about it? Well, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can pray for it according to the perfect will of God through the Holy Spirit. He prays through you so that you can pray the will of God. How do I know the will of God? I know the will of God because this is the will of God. When you pray the Word, you're praying the will of God. But maybe there's something in your life that, that you're having to pray about. Something about maybe who, who you're going to marry. Hmm. How about what, where you're going to live? What job you're going to have? Pray in the Spirit. The, the Spirit of God will pray through you. And every time He's praying through you, you see you're, you're bypassing your brain. Sometimes my brain, my thoughts, get in the way of my praying. And the reason I'm convinced of this, the reason that, that so many people are not successful in their prayer life is because they don't really know how to pray. Amen? I remember as a young pastor, I, I, I was not walking in, in the, the word of faith. You know, I, I was brought up in a traditional uh, Pentecostal uh, denomination, and I, I remember praying for people. I'd pray for them at the altar, and I would pray for them to be healed, and, and then I'd say, Father, in the name of Jesus, heal this person of this, and you know, uh, I, I just believe that by your stripes they, they are healed, and I pray for their healing, and then I would 
I would just erase everything that I said by saying, if it is your will. You see, I, I'm no farmer. I don't, know, I don't know anything about farming. Some of you are farmers. You know how to grow things. You've probably forgotten more about farming than I know. Okay? But I do know this. If you put a seed in the ground, amen? Put the seed in the ground. So I'm right so far, right? You better leave that seed alone. Because if you put that seed in the ground and you come back every day and dig it up and look at it and put it back in there and cover it up, what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. So you, you, when, you, when you pray contrary to what the Word of God says, you are, you are digging up your seed. And you're, you're killing your seed. So we need to pray according to the will of God. And, and we need to operate in the authority that, that uh, God has given us in our prayer life. Paul said this. He said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray with my understanding. Paul said, I'm going to pray both ways. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Again, what does it mean when you pray in the Spirit? You're praying in tongues. And he said, I'm going to, you could say it this way. I will pray in tongues and I will pray with my understanding as well. And we need to, we need to spend time praying in the Spirit. You don't, get, you don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues for no reason. There's a purpose for it. And this is one reason that it's so controversial is because people are trying to figure it out with their, their, their natural mind. You cannot figure this out. Paul said in, in the uh, second chapter of 1 Corinthians, he said These, you cannot understand spiritual things with the natural mind because they are spiritually discerned. Stop trying to figure it out and just begin to, to operate in what Jesus has given, made it possible for us to have. Amen? You know, but people look at the, the, the Spirit-filled churches and they say, well, I don't understand it. Well, I don't either, but I trust God. Amen? I don't understand how, how we can be born again just by saying some words. But, but, we, but all it takes is faith and confession, and you're born again. It's not according to works. A lot of people want, want to add works to it. It's, it's by faith and confession. The, the mouth plays a major role in your Christian life. Then number three. In, in Jude chapter 1 and verse 20, we find a, a very interesting verse of Scripture. It's only one chapter in Jude, and this is what he says. But you, beloved, building yourselves. Building up who? Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. One time, as a pretty young Christian, I had a guy come to me. He was a, a pastor of a, of a church that didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And he came to me and he said, 
Well, I can, I can tell you why speaking in tongues is wrong. It's because the Bible says it edifies yourself. And I said, wait, wait a minute. You're going to tell me it's wrong and then tell me that the Bible says it? How confused are you? I, I hate to admit this, but sometimes I need to build myself up. Amen? How many of you know you can get tired sometimes? How many of you know you can get discouraged sometimes? Sometimes you get a little weak. Amen? But, but God knew that before you were ever born, before Adam and Eve was ever created. He knew that we would need some help one day. So he made it possible for us to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we could pray in the Spirit and build ourselves up. The, the Amplified Bible says this, building yourself up higher and higher like an edifice, like you're building a, a building higher and higher. You can go from one level to the next level. I promise you, if you spend enough time praying in the Spirit, you're going to find yourself going to the next level, going to the next level. Go, how, how many of you want to go to another level? I want to go to another level. The levels are unlimited, and I want to pray in the Spirit, and I want to go to another level. I'm not where I was when I first began. I'm not where I was in 1983 when I started pastoring. And listen, I, I am 66. I'll be 67 years old in, these, in September. I about forgot what month it was. Uh, in September, I'll be 67 years old. I know what you're thinking, but you look, you look like you're 20 years old. I repent of that, Father, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but, but listen, I'll, I'll be 67. A lot of my friends are retiring. They're retiring. And from time to time, people say, but, well, Mike, when are you going to retire? And this is all my, always my answer. Why would I want to? Why would I get to do this? I get to be with you guys. I'm telling you, I'm never going to retire. In 2019, I had a dream one night, and it was so real. Ever had one of those real dreams? I had a dream in 2019, and I dreamed that I was 80 years old and that I was preaching in Kenya. So y'all have got to put up with me for at least 13 more years. But we're planning to live to be 120 so it's going to be longer than that. So, you know, listen, when you, when you are praying in the Spirit and building up your faith, it, it's building you up in every part of your life. I thank God that I've got the strength to do it. We, we met a man the other day, and, and uh, you know, Lee just asked him, she said, how old are you? Because he was an elder man, you know. And, and I was waiting on him to say, oh, I'm 83 years. You know, I was waiting for him to say, oh, I'm 85 years. He said, I'm 65 years. And I, I said, I'm not saying anything because I'm older than him. <laughs> and he, he, looked like, he looked like he was about 90 years old, you know. I'm sure he's had a harder life than I have. You know, but, but I thank God for the energy and the strength that I have to do what we do. 
But God has called us to do this. And what God calls you to do, he will take care of you until you're through. And, and I don't plan on being through until Jesus comes back. But, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says that we are to pray for more faith. Amen? I've had people tell me, pray that I'll have more faith. No, I'm not going to do that. I just need to pray that I'll have more faith. No, you don't need to do that. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you want more faith, get in the Word of God more. I'll tell you this story real quick, but in, in 2012, I'm pastoring a church, and, and it's, a, it's a nice church, you know, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it was taking care of me very well, and I was comfortable, and, you know, and I'd been there for uh, quite a, a, a number of years, and, and I was, uh, I, I mean, I was preaching, I was teaching, and working on things, and, and uh and the Lord spoke to me one day. This is 2012. The Lord spoke to me one day, and he said, he said, I want you to get more in the Word. And I was like, more? Lord, uh, have you been paying attention to what I've been doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been studying a lot. I've been writing a lot of books, and I've been doing all these things, you know. And he said, I want you to spend more time in the Word. For yourself. I said, okay. And he said, specifically the New Testament. And I said, okay. And so I began reading the, the, the did I say old? I meant New Testament if I didn't. So in the New Testament. And, and I began reading and, and, uh, and I began to read. And I, I mean, I was just pouring the word into me all the time. I'm just reading the word. And I'd read the, the New Testament one time and I'd read it again and I'd read it again and I'd read it again. And, and I mean, I was just constantly pouring the word in me. And, and I did this for about a year and I, I was reading and I came across Romans 10, 17. And I almost didn't read it because I know it. And, and you know, anybody else in here guilty? Sometimes you're reading one and you know the verse real well. And you're, you're like, I don't have to read that one. I know that one. I'm guilty. But I'm, I'm, I get to Romans 10, 17 and I almost skipped it. And I thought, no, I'm going to read it again. And so I read it. Faith. Faith. And the Lord just kept em emphasizing Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and all of a sudden I'm thinking oh I think I got it the Lord told me to start pouring the word into myself because there's something ahead of me that I don't have enough faith for and he's trying to build my faith oh wow what is coming up what am I about to have to do? Man. And you know what I did? I began to get more in the Word. <laughs> I began to read the Old Testament too. I mean, I, I, I just, I got to Psalm 119 and I thought I'm going to have to take two times to read this one, you know, because I can't read all 175 verses at one time. I did. And I mean, I just kept reading and kept reading, and it just kept, I kept pouring it in there. And that's good for you. I'm telling you, man, I, I learned a lot of scripture, and, I, I, and, and it's good for you. And, and so 
One, one Sunday morning in March of 2014, I was standing in the pulpit, and we were having a move of God in our service. And, and there was a, a leader over here, and, and he stood up, and he said, Pastor, he said, I just believe God is showing me that, that we're moving into a new season and that God is going to do something and new. And, and he said, I just believe that that's what the Lord is saying to me. And then a guy stood up over here, and he said, Pastor, I just believe that... We're we're standing at a door, and, and it's open, and there's a new area out here, and God's going to take us to this new place. And then I had another guy stand up, and he said, Pastor, I'm, I'm feeling the same thing these guys are feeling. I just think that God is going to do something new in our church, and, and everybody is shouting, and everybody's exciting and worshiping the Lord. And I'm standing up there at the pulpit, and the Lord is speaking to me, and he's saying, Yes, all that is true, but you're not going to be the one who's going to take them into this new season. And I stood there, and everybody in the room is rejoicing, and I'm trying not to cry. And I said, okay, Lord, what am I going to do? And he said, you're going to resign next Sunday. I said, I'm sorry, Lord, I thought you said I was going to resign next Sunday. He said, that is exactly what I said. I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I met with my leaders, and I told them that I was not going to take them into this new season, that I was resigning. The next Sunday, I stood up, and I resigned the church. The next week, I was praying. I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? He said, are you willing to walk by faith? I said, I am. Willing to live by faith? Yes. Pastor, man, I preached living by faith. I preached walking by faith for years. I can do this. Man, I know how. I got all the points. I got all the steps. You know, I got all the verses. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. I got this. I started living by faith, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I didn't, I was used to knowing what's going to come in every week. And all of a sudden now, I, 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 don't have, I don't have any idea what's coming in. And I'll go anywhere. I mean, I'll go anywhere. And sometimes I would go to a church and, and you know, the offering would be good. But a lot of times I'd go to a church and I was thinking, don't they know this is what I'm doing for a living? <laughs> But God always provided. And, and for two years, I struggled with walking by faith. And I, I quit. I quit. He told me to be a missionary evangelist. I quit being an evangelist about a hundred times. I'd tell the Lord, I don't want to do this. I, I don't like walking by faith. I don't like living by faith. And then he started talking to me about this word, rest. Rest. He wasn't talking about going and taking a nap. He was talking about childlike faith. See, because when you, when you have a, that baby, when you got a little baby, how many of you have got a little baby? Anybody here? You mentioned somebody had a, a little girl this, this past week. When you have a baby, that baby, that baby don't ever worry about, hmm, I wonder if we have enough money. That baby don't ever wonder about, I wonder if we have enough food in the house. 
That baby never wonders about, I wonder if the rent has been paid on the house. That baby never thinks about, somebody in this house needs a job. Because that baby knows that all it's got to do is get your attention, and we all know how they get our attention. And you are either going to feed that baby, change that baby, or rock that baby to sleep. And the baby don't ever worry about anything. Well, I'm, I'm God's child. Why should I worry? The sparrows don't worry. Why should I worry? God's going to take care of me. All I have to do is learn to rest in Him. And one day I needed some money. Anybody ever needed money? One day I needed some money. I mean, I needed some money. And I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going I'm to believe you for this money. I'm going I'm I'm to trust you, but I'm going to go to the mailbox. Because <laughs> somebody has bound to sent me some money in the mailbox. So I walked out there to the mailbox. I had a little walk about, you know, a little ways out there. To, so I'm walking out to the mailbox, and I'm like, thank you, Lord, that in the mailbox is going to be money. Somebody has sent me a check. Can y'all relate? I walked out there to the mailbox. I opened it up. There was not a check in the mailbox. I said, that's okay. You chose to do it a different way. So I'm walking back to the house and I'm looking for birds with money in their mouth. <laughs> you know. And, and I, you know, I'm like, well, I, I don't know how he's going to do it. But he's got to do it. And I'm not going to get in fear about this. I'm going to be in faith about it. And so I walked in and checked the bank account. You know, just saying, maybe miraculously... <laughs> Some money appeared in my bank account. So I opened up the, the bank account and I looked at it and I, I thought, wait, I ain't got that much money. So I called the bank and I said, there's, there's a lot more money in the bank, my account, than I'm supposed to have. Did somebody accidentally put it in the wrong account? And so they checked on it and they said, no. That's money that came from the government. I was like, wait a minute. I forgot. I know it's hard to believe. I forgot that the government owed me some tax money. I, I had overpaid. Like three or four years ago. And it hit that day. It hit that day when I needed some money. And so I'm like, thank you, Lord. I like walking by faith. <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, I went somewhere and somebody said, hey, Mike, I'm glad to see you, man, and handed me some money. I mean, not, not enough money to buy a hamburger, but I'm talking about a lot of money. And I'm like, I really like walking by faith. And then Sunday I went and preached and the, the church blessed me. And then... You know, by Monday, I had like three times more money than what I needed originally. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Faith works. Faith works. And you know what? It's been nine years now since I pastored. 
I've been a missionary evangelist for nine years. And I can tell you, I don't ever want to live by salary again. It's better to live by faith than it is to live by salary. Amen? And I'm telling you, if you can believe God for it, you can receive it. And I can tell you, we've been gone now for uh, three weeks, and, and there's money waiting for us at home that came in the mail. <laughs> Money's waiting for us at home. God has, he's blessing us. We, we're blessed. We're blessed. We actually own two restaurants. We sell cuckoo. And let me tell you something. Since we've been gone, people have been eating cuckoo. <laughs> Praise God. And we, we pray for those chickens all the time. <laughs> and God is blessing us. You know why? Because we believe Him. We believe Him. These are all things that, that we can gain from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But this, this is, we, our faith is built up by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to just tell you real quick, this is what being baptized, if you don't know, this is, it's so easy. Guys, listen to me. It is so easy. Now, in the church that I grew up in, we made it difficult. You know why? Because when man gets involved, it it gets difficult. You know, we make it very difficult. Come here, my brother. You, you're the closest, so you get to be the example. Amen. All right, come right, come right here. This is me. He's me. This is how tall I am in the spirit. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> this is me when I was a, a, a new Christian. In the church that I was brought up in. You see, I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Man, I, I wanted it. I wanted it. But we didn't have any teaching about it. We just, you just come down there and maybe the Holy Spirit will, will fill you. Maybe he won't. I just, you know, I, I just wanted it though. And I went down there and, and they, the, the, the saints would gather around me. And, and one of them would be over here and they'd, they'd be patting me on the back and they'd say, Just hold on, brother. Just hold on. Just hold on. Come on, just hold on. And then there'd be somebody over here going, come on, just turn loose, brother. Just turn loose. <laughs> and then there'd be somebody right here going, just speak it, brother. Just speak it. Come on, just speak it. Come on. <laughs> and then there'd be somebody, get a hand in there somewhere, just pat me on the chest. Come on, brother. Come on. I was like, just stop. I give up. I'm tired of being beat up. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we, we just, you know, we've made it difficult. But, but if you read the accounts in the New Testament, every account where someone was baptized in the Holy Spirit, every time they, they, they were prayed for and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And somebody might out there saying, well, I don't know. Don't say it in, in Acts chapter 8. Well, if I had time, I would prove it to you that they spoke in tongues in Samaria in Acts chapter 8. 
But every time when, when Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what he said? He said, I, I speak in tongues more than all of you. People say, oh, what about the Corinthian church? They had chaos here. You can't make a doctrine out of one mistake. People want to pick one church, one place, and, and say, well, we can't do it because they messed it up. But I want you to know something. Paul never told them, don't operate in the gifts. He just gave them instruction and correction on it and told them, go for it. Every time. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit did not cease with the last apostle. It's, it's not over with. I can tell you right now, people are being baptized in the Holy Spirit all the time. We have seen it on this trip. Oh, we, we, we're, we, we work with an orphanage in Kilgoris. And, and uh, there's 28 kids in the orphanage. And, and so they asked me to come one Saturday afternoon when we were there. And they said, we want you to talk to them about uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. None of the 28 were, were baptized in the Spirit. And, and so I went and I taught them some uh, short message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, now, all of you that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, come up here now. Every one of them, all 28 of them came up, plus some of the, the uh, workers came up. And we prayed for them. And I want to tell you something. 28 kids were baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues before we left that day. And they, they got it like that. Just like that. And I'm telling you, if God will do it for them, He'll do it for you. Because He's not a respecter of persons. And let me just give you this. Let me just tell you this. When you are being prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be beat on. Nobody has to grab you by your mouth. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to push you down. But I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. You, you, and I know this from experience and years of experience. Uh, Forty years in the ministry. And I can tell you that you're going to feel something rising up in your, in your chest right here. And it's going to get to about right here. And I, that's the Spirit of God rising up in you. Because the Spirit of God comes from the inside out, not from the outside in. And you're going to feel him rising up in you right here. And, and you're going to be going, oh, man, I just feel that so much. And then all of a sudden, in your mind, you're going to hear uh, tongues. Because the Bible says that, this, that the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. Where did he give them the utterance? In their mouth? No. He gave them the utterance in their head, in their mind. And it says, and they spoke with tongues. Everybody said, they they spoke with tongues. The Holy Spirit did not do that for them. I want everybody in here to rub the back of your neck. Just rub the, put your hand on the back of your neck. Does anybody feel a hole back there in the back of your neck where the Holy Spirit can stick his hand up in your head and make you talk? No, we don't have any of those. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you speak in tongues. I used to think as a young Christian that, that God was just going to take control of my tongue and make me do stuff I, don't, I didn't know what I was doing. That's not how it works. When, when you, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith, just like you receive your salvation, you receive it by faith. Just like you receive your healing, you receive it by faith. And I'm just telling you right now, the one qualification to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, two. I'm going to give you two. Two qualifications. Number one, be born again. If you are born again, you are a candidate to be filled with the Spirit. 
Number two, believe. You have to believe. And if you believe it, you're going to want it. So would you stand with me today? Father, in the name of Jesus, I, Lord, I just thank you for this congregation of people. Thank you for this church, for the witness this church has in this community. I thank you for the Spirit of God that is in this place. Lord, I thank you that, that God, there are people here that are hungry. They want you, Lord. They want you in their lives. So, Lord, I pray right now that, God, you rain down your Spirit on everyone in this place. Speak to our hearts, God the need that everyone has. Father, whatever that need might be, if it's physical, financial, uh, mental, or emotional, Lord, whatever the need, relational, Lord, whatever the need that they have, Father, I pray right now that they would receive the answer. Receive it now in the name of Jesus.